Welcome to episode 65 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, we're talking how to work out. If you have been to the gym, maybe met with a trainer, maybe not, maybe done some classes, and you're kind of confused to like, okay, I'm at home now, I've got some equipment, what do I do with it? this is the episode for you. I speak with a woman named Stephanie who is in this situation. She is at home in her home gym with her dumbbells and she just isn't quite sure what to do. She knows that strength training is going to get her the results she wants. She wants to look lean. She wants to look toned. She wants to be strong. She wants to age well. If that sounds like you and you are like Stephanie and you just don't know what to do with your equipment, this is the episode for you. Let's go. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? Good. So glad we could make this meeting work. Absolutely. Thank you. I was attempting to dial into Zoom and it kept telling me to wait for the meeting host. And I was like, that's me. I am the host. <laughs> I am the host. <laughs> and so I had to come back off and like start a new meeting. I don't know who else they were waiting for. <laughs> no, that's technology for you these days. I know. So look, we don't know each other at all. So tell me some about you. Um, sure, absolutely. So, um, gosh, how does one define oneself? Uh, I'm a mom. I suppose that that's that would be the place to start. Um, so my husband and I have three kids. We have uh, two boys and a girl. And um, I work in hospital public relations. So I do the writing, the social media, the graphic design, um, that kind of good stuff. Okay. And how old are your kids? Um, so our boys are 14 and 11 and our daughter is seven. Okay. Good ages. I love seven. Seven's a good age. Yeah. She's got a lot of attitude. She's got a lot okay. of, she, she oh. and our middle guy, they're, they're the extroverts to beat the band. Okay. That doesn't bode well for you. If at seven, she has attitude. Usually <laughs> that kicks in around 13. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky. Our 14 year old is a super chill teenager. So he's a really good entry point for us. Okay, good. Well, that's good. Sounds like you have some more heading up the pike that might not be so chill. <laughs> yeah, they're, but they're very entertaining. So we oh. like that. Well, hey, there's that. <laughs> now working in a, um, a business associated with a hospital right now, how are things going for you as far as COVID? Is a lot of your work like talking about that kind of stuff in social media or not so much? A whole lot of signage, a whole lot of social media, you know, things related to masks and hand washing and social distancing and that, that kind of put a lot of our normal things on hold. A lot of our normal um, non-essential um, procedures and things went on pause for a while. Uh, and then my husband's a physician as well. And so same thing, you know, there's just been a lot of masking and a lot of wearing of scrubs and that kind of thing. Got it. Got it. And where are you located? Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Right there in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> right the middle. And how are you guys doing as far as COVID in Iowa? Um, so we're in um, uh, one of the more populated counties. We're not too far from Des Moines. Um, and so we're not, we're not as bad as, as say, Des Moines or the Quad Cities or the Omaha area, but but one of the, you know, when, when they were able to open maybe about 75 of the counties back up, we were one of the not reopen ones. Got so it. kind of Got in the it. middle, you know. Got it. It, it, it. It's certainly not nearly as bad as some areas of the country, mm -hmm. but uh, but not completely untouched by it. We, we have some um, factories. We have like wind turbine factories locally. Okay. And of course, factories have been hit hard. Mm -hmm. um, the other places we've seen hot spots have been um, retire, uh, retirement facilities, nursing homes. Got it. Got it. 
So Stephanie, talk to me. This is your call. We can talk about whatever you want. So lay it on me. What is on your mind? Oh, so interesting. So I've, <laughs> I've kind of ended up using quarantine to try to get healthier. I don't know why. I guess I'm bored. <laughs> hey, that's um, a good thing to do. I am not a sporty person by nature at all. Um, I was a music theater kid. Uh, I was a read all the books kid. Um, so anything really related to athletics has been very new to me. Okay. Um, the other thing, a lot of things related to nutrition has been fairly new to me um, because for the vast majority of my life, I've been pretty blessed to have a pretty fast metabolism. And so being the, you know, being 41 now, I want to make sure I'm staying ahead of that and, and instill good habits now that I'll be happy about when I'm 51 and 61 and 71, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does. So we have a lot in common, by the way. Um, I was a theater kid. Musical theater was my jam. As a, oh, wonderful. As a kid. Yeah. And I, when I wasn't doing that, I was reading. I would have never called myself an athlete, though I tried out, I did lots of things because friends wanted me to, you know, played hockey and lacrosse and all that stuff. I was never any good at it. I never defined myself as an athlete until I was in my 40s. So it is never too late to start being an athlete. <laughs> start with that. Um, so it sounds like top of mind, you are thinking, like, what can I do now that I'm in my 40s? to be healthy as I move through the rest of my life, 40s, 50s, 60s on. Yes. Um, you know, and part of it is, and it's, it's probably a silly thing, but you know, there's the certain things that we do kind of define ourselves by. And I was always kind of the little one. I was always, you know, I'm fairly short. I'm only, I'm about five, two. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you start realizing kind of how you define yourself is sort of, I don't know, like I'm a brunette and I'm, talkative and there's just certain things and so um and my mom was that way for a long time too and then once I think kind of once menopause hit her things sort of changed and I don't think she likes the way she feels and so again I kind of thought well you know maybe take a little bit of a life lesson because she's not she's only 62 but you know she has arthritis fairly bad in her feet and in her hands um she's an incredibly hard worker she spent 30 some odd years as a registered nurse um, and so, you know, she's at the point, she's like, yeah, I feel bad. I just don't, she doesn't like the way she feels. She doesn't like the way she looks. So again, I'm kind of trying to take some notes of, um, not wanting to feel in 20 years the way she feels now, if that makes sense. Got it. Got it. So it sounds like this is coming from a proactive place. Are you at a spot right now where you feel unhealthy? You don't move well, you don't like the way you look, or is this really looking forward so that you prevent that? Um, I would say my answer to that is different now than it would have been about three months ago because okay. um, I have been tracking calories since the end of January um, and I've been very consistently exercising since mm, well basically since we went to quarantine so about mid to later March okay. um, so I'm doing cardio four days a week I'm doing strength training two days a week and then I'm taking one break day um, I don't run I'm not a runner <laughs> So what I've usually been doing is I do the treadmill, I put it at its maximum incline, and then I walk like three miles an hour. Pace. Okay. Because um, then I find that, I see, it feels like it's making my legs stronger, um, but it's not, I, it doesn't make me lose my breath like crazy, which running would always do. I mean, I could run for like two minutes and I'm like, I'm done and I'm going to bark now. And Got so it. it feels sustainable to me, but it still feels challenging. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, so, you know, I definitely feel like my clothes fit better than they did 
me in January, you know, post Christmas, post all that stuff. I'm able to pull some stuff out of the closet that I hadn't been wearing for a while. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things you, you get to a point where you have little kids and your job's busy and five o'clock hits and it's like, Ooh, wine sounds good. And then, you know, so, so again, trying to kind of make some of those oftentimes habits into sometimes habits and the seldom habits like exercise into a more often habit. Yes. <laughs> got it. Got it. And so has your main goal since the beginning of the year, since you kind of started or since, since you, um, entered quarantine, was it weight loss? Was that specifically what you were working on with your health and fitness? Um, I think that was my starting point. Got it. Um, and partially that partially weight loss, partially, um, again, realizing that, and it's, it's things I've seen you talk about a lot where, because I would be tired, because I would be stressed, because I would be bored. It's like, ooh, cookies, ooh, wine, ooh, you know, and then you kind of find yourself chasing your tail because that's a, it's, it's such a quick little fix mm -hmm. that doesn't last for very long. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so trying to think of what are the things where it's like, you know, the oatmeal might not be as exciting as the cookies, but two hours later, I'm not feeling squirrely again. I'm going to bed feeling satiated. I wake up feeling like I still feel good, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Plus you put some Nutella in it in, 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 the, in the oatmeal, and then all of a sudden I'm real happy. I've never put Nutella in my oatmeal. Maybe I'll try that. That sounds delicious. It's kind of like eating a, a no-bake cookie. Oh, yum. Well, that sounds delicious. Okay, I'll try that. <laughs> we don't have any more Nutella in the house. I went through a big Nutella phase, and then when we finished it, I did not buy more. <laughs> it's like it was too much work to keep fitting those calories in my in my uh, in my calories. I was way overdoing it. Um, well, and that's what I found. And that's what I found is like I didn't touch it for months, and then kind of once I got to the point where, I mean, some of it I think is recalibrating mm, your taste—not your taste buds exactly, but like what counts, what what what's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Even little things I found where, and again, a lot of, you know, I, I really credit following you on Instagram and Suzanne. Susan. Also. Yeah. Susan, um, you know, she, she has, and so like, I, if I really want a Snickers bar, well, I could have a Snickers ice cream bar and it's 70 fewer calories and it actually takes longer to eat because it's cold. Ah, I, so love I get more, that. more bang for my buck as it were, um, without feeling that. deprived. I love that. You know, I call those nutritional compromises, looking for the things that really matter to us and figuring out how we can fit them into our day um, so that we can enjoy how we eat. So it's, it's important you're latching on to that. That's fantastic. Yes, because I definitely find there's some things that would never be worth it. I'm not going to enjoy a Twinkie. On my best day, I'm not going to enjoy a Twinkie very much, and it is not worth the calories. Yeah, I'm with you. I Twinkies don't do it for me. Not uh, at all. But, but, you know, I found, you know, even if putting in just like 12 grams of Nutella into the whole bowl of oatmeal, and I've already put in some, you know, I don't know if it's naughty or not. I put in artificial sweetener to kind of up the general sweetness of it. And then I put in egg whites and almond milk and the different things to really boost up the protein. Um, yeah. and then it tastes really good. That's fantastic. Yep. I use artificial sweetener in there. Look, it's certainly not going to make you gain weight. And from what we know now, there's a lot we don't know, but from what we know now, the amount of artificial sweetener you would have to eat would be more than you could possibly stomach to have it have any health implications. Like it would have to be massive amounts based on what we know now. Again, we might know other things in the future, but based on what we know now. Um, okay. Well, you sound like you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, what can I help you with today? Well, so I think what I'd originally reached out to you on is, you know, an area that as much as I'm not a cardio person, I'm even less a strength training person. Got it. Um, 
And so, but we have, my husband and I have kind of set up a little weight room in the basement, um, kind of lucked on end up ending up getting a cable weight machine. Um, oh, okay. the, physical, yeah, the physical therapy department here at the hospital ended up deciding they didn't want it anymore. So they were willing to part with it for a song. Nice. That's um, fantastic. It was, heck, getting it into the house. Those things were heavy. I bet. I bet that was hard. Uh, but so that so we have stuff. that. Yeah, so we have that. We have some, you know, I have some lighter dumbbells for myself, ranging from what, twos up to twelves, because again, wimpy, weak. <laughs> um, we got a bench, um, and so uh, just trying to kind of feel my way along, trying to kind of create a little routine. That's uh, right now. I'm aiming for sustainability. If, I'm, if yeah. I can get it done two times a week, I'm calling it a victory. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about what we can get you moving on then for really getting a good sustainable strength training program that is going to benefit you now. It's going to benefit how you look. It's going to benefit you as you age, as far as your bone health. Like, look, if we want to be women who can get up, you know, reach up and grab things out of a cupboard and stoop down to pull a weed as we get old, we have to have strong bones. Like we have to be able to move and strength training is what can get us that. It really yeah, and that's actually, yeah, that's perfect too. Cause yeah, as a, as a more small Caucasian lady, I know that that can be a risk factor. Absolutely. And so it's going to help you age better. It's going to help you look better. You know, the lean tight look that people want, it's not just fat loss. A lot of that is building muscle. And we do that through two things, strength training and then nutrition, as in we eat plenty of protein. So let's talk about this strength training piece. Um, I love that you have equipment because a lot of people don't right now. And I'm, I'm working with a lot of people trying to like use sandbags and, you know, laundry detergent. So the fact that you have equipment is fantastic. Um, and that you've already started dedicating two days a week to it. I think that's fantastic. Ideally, as you move on, I would love to see you add one more day and do it three times a week. It's not a must. I do have some clients who are super busy and we have them do two days a week to get the amount of volume of working out in, in those two days sometimes makes for really long workouts. And so it's mm -hmm. often better to split them up into three days. How would you feel about adding in a third day? I, I think very definitely good. Um, you know, again, knowing that I have this tendency to in the past where it's like, I try for a little bit. Part of it is I find it really dull. Mm. I find it really boring. Um, yeah. cause at least in front of, on the treadmill, you know, you throw on a doctor who or a Gray's anatomy and you just go. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that I found, and hopefully I'm not just tricking myself, but I feel like the backs of my legs have gotten a lot stronger from the treadmill incline. Um, I don't think it's, I'm not sure how much it's done for the fronts of my legs, but I feel like my hamstrings and my calves have gotten, like I'm showing my husband, I'm like, look, I have a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you're interested in has having stronger, more toned legs? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have not done any strength other than the treadmill. I've not any, done any lower body strength training, really. Everything okay. I've done so far has been upper body just because I okay. thought it's a place to start. Absolutely. It's a place to start. Okay. Well, good news is you've got a lot of gains on the table here then. I'm super excited for you to get going with some lower body moves. Um, yeah. So walking even on an incline, absolutely. It can build some strength in your leg. It's not going to give you the muscle definition of strength training. So if you want to have legs that look like a fit person, strength training is going to get you that. And you can absolutely do that at home three days per week um, for sure. So let me talk you through a couple of important principles and um, we'll kind of go from there. So strength training three days a week will work wonders for you. We're going to have you do one lower body day, one upper body day, and one full body day. Okay. okay. 
So that's how we're going to do it, which means that you will hit each of your muscle groups twice per week, which is a pretty good spot to be. Um, you can, if you want to do a, when we're not going to have you do this, there are people who very successfully bodybuilders who do like a bro split, who they only hit each muscle once per week. But again, they're hitting at a ton of sets in that one workout. It's not where we're going to, I don't have any of my clients doing that kind of stuff. They all hit their muscle groups twice per week over the course of either three or four days. So we're going to have you do three days per week. Um, one of the things that we want you to really think about is what is going to get you the most bang for your buck? And what is going to get you the most bang for your buck is doing big compound moves for most of your workout. So I bet some of the things you've been doing recently, like biceps and triceps, feel really familiar to you, um, like bicep curls and things, and we can still have you do those things. What we'll do with those is put them towards the end of your workout, and what we'll prioritize are multi-joint moves. Things like, for upper body, it would be a dumbbell chest press, it would be a push-up, it would be a dumbbell row, or a cable, you have a cable machine, frankly, any kind of row. So it would be rowing, pull-downs, if your machine has that. Um, so big multi-joint movements, pull-downs, pull-ups, push-ups, rows, chest presses, that's upper body. Lower body, squats, deadlift variations, which I hope that doesn't sound scary. A lot of people are like, what? That sounds terrible. It doesn't have to be with barbell. It can be like Romanian deadlifts holding dumbbells. It can be lots of different things. Um, deadlift variations, lunge variations, and bridge variations, which are like glute bridges and hip thrusts, okay? Okay. The meat of your workout should be those things. That's step one. And then other smaller things like, um, oh, and I don't think I said overhead press for, for upper body. That's another big one is overhead presses. But um, we would still have you do some of the smaller things like tricep um, overhead presses and um, bicep curls and those things. But it's not the meat of the workout. Where most sure. of the benefit is going to come are those big workouts. Does that part make sense? Yes. And some of that, like I said, I have not really been doing lower body stuff. Um, upper body, some of those I have been doing. I, so we have a bench. So I've been doing seated overhead. I'm going to use all the ter wrong terms, I'm sure. It's okay. But like seated overhead. Um, I've been lay, you know, lay flat. And then the chest presses again, 12, pound, 12 pounds per hand because per week. But, um, but I made my way up from 10. So <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I was that's a good point. And I was very lucky. My mom had something because I topped out at 10 and there, you can't buy hand weights right now. But again, during some past time when she was thinking maybe she'd try something, she had purchased something and then she's like, I don't use them here. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I'm super. Oh, good. I'm glad she gave you this. So that point you just made is a big one. The fact that you were like, oh, but it's not much yet, but I made way up from 10, my way up from 10. That is how gains are made. If you want to look fit, you want to get stronger, that is what we do. We have you constantly work to move up in weight and or reps in a given rep range. First thing, we get your form really down, right? So let's say you're doing a chest press and it's your first time. You have no idea what you're doing. Your, your one and only goal is to make that movement feel more natural to do it correctly. Once you've done that, you want to up the weight and up the weight and up the weight. When you do that, it tells your body, hey, I need this muscle. Like, build me more of this stuff, right? In combination with protein. It's so key. If you, from right now, if you never again upped your weight and you just kept doing 12-pound chest presses, you wouldn't make any progress. Mm -hmm. Like, And a lot of people do that. They do it year after year. They do the same weight. And sometimes they'll, like, do it at a speed where they feel their heart racing and they feel sweaty. So they feel like I should, like I'm doing something here, but I don't see any progress. And the thing they're missing is progression. 
Sure. Does that make sure. sense? Sure. Absolutely. And what I find, so I'll do something, you know, like I think with my 12 pounds, for example, with my chest press, like my first set, I can get to 15, but then I can definitely tell a big down where, you know, the second one, maybe 12. And then by my third one, I can eke out to eight and that's it. So then okay. I assume that that means I'm probably still in the right weight as opposed to if I could just bang out 15 and 15 and 15 and still feel like I had gas in the tank. Yeah, you're heading down the right path for sure with that thought. Absolutely. I'd love to see us bring your rep range down a little bit more. You can build muscle uh, in those higher rep ranges, like 15 plus. Absolutely, you can. It can take a long time, right, to do, do those kind of reps. Well, I like I said, I, I do find it boring. And so for me, right. it probably being able to decrease that time probably would be beneficial. Yeah. And so I would love, and what this is going to hinge on is you getting some more dumb, heavier dumbbells, which I will tell you in recent weeks, they are more available now. I do have clients finding um, dumbbells in places like Amazon third-party sellers, Craigslist. Um, I, I even had uh, two clients tell me that Dix had some available. So they're out there now, whereas like a month ago, it wasn't happening. Like, I don't know, they were just gone. Um, so there are starting to appear now. So really start looking for some more. You're going to need heavier things, 15s, 20s, 25s. And I know you're probably looking at me like, really, I'm going to need 25s and 30s. You will for the lower body stuff very quickly. So, but that being said, I'm glad you have this cable machine and um, you and I, and actually I would love for you later when we're off of this, send me uh, you know, some pictures of what you have and I can, I can talk you through like, Oh, great. Um, what, what, what we can have you do there. We're not going to sit here on the podcast and do that, but, um, that's great that you have that available. Cause it's going to have some more substantial weight, um, with it. So, um, so yes, the idea is that we want you to make progress, go up and wait. And some people, you know, what that means is they just keep trying to use the 12 pounds and they do 15 reps. And then the next time they do 18 reps and it gets really long and it's more effective to, Hey, let's bring those rep ranges down. Ideally at the beginning of your workout, I would have you working in like the eight rep range or even lower if you had barbells even lower. So, you know, we're doing like chest presses for eight reps. And what that means is when you get to rep eight, it is hard. It's not, you just right. stop at eight. It's not like I use my 12 pounds and I stop at eight. It's when I get to eight, I could maybe do nine with good form, but I couldn't do 10 with good form. And so that's kind of what we want to see at the beginning of the workout is working in that, those lower numbers, eights, sevens, sixes, fives, um, four moves like the squats and the deadlifts and the lunges and the overhead presses and the chest presses, those kinds of things. Then as you move throughout the workout, you can bring those numbers up and maybe you'll do things in the, in the rep range of tens and twelves. And so we get you working in all rep ranges. And in every single one of those cases, we want you working to close to failure so that when you finish your set, each individual set, it should be like, wow, that is hard. And I can do one more, but I'm not doing two more. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I surprise myself because sometimes I actually, I do go to failure. Like it's like, you know, okay, before the previous set, I managed made it to 12 and all of a sudden on nine, I'm like, nope. Nope, stuck. Right. It ain't going anywhere. I guess right? it's going to the ground. <laughs> and, and it's good that you're pushing yourself that hard. Um, it's really good. Now, look, I don't want to like tell somebody like, hey, you should put a bar on your back and start going to failure on your squats your first couple of times. Like you shouldn't be shooting to fail all the time. There are certain things it's super, it's not going to hurt you to, it's not going to hurt you to um, fail a dumbbell chest press now. And again, it's not going to hurt you to fail a bicep curls, right? If you just fail, you literally just don't lift up. But we right. really want you working close to failure. Um, it's key. And that, and the thing is that is going to change. And this is one of the things I want to tell you, because I know you're like, this is kind of boring to me. One of the things that can make this interesting is you make this be like a contest between you and you. So write down 
the weights you lift every week right here. I'm doing X moves. And for my chest presses, I used 12 pounds for, and I did 15 reps of one set and I did 10 and then I did eight. So you know what that is. And the next week when that workout comes around again, your goal is to beat it. Okay. Okay. So you want to beat Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that's how your body changes. And it also keeps it way more interesting. Yeah. And I did find it because one of the, my problems was again, comparing it to a treadmill where you can just set it and forget it. It's like, okay, I'm doing 30 minutes and then you go till it stops and kicks you off. Yeah. My problem before with strength training was always like, okay, what do I do next? I don't really want to do anything next. I'm walking away now. So since March, what I've at least been doing, we have a mirror in that exercise room. It's on wheels. So I can uh-huh. move it around to try to watch that form. Um, and I use a dry erase marker. And okay, so then right. I mark out like, these are the eight things I'm going to do. And those are what I do for the next four weeks. And so then I just check them off as I go to at least give myself some structure. So I know, okay, I'm halfway, I'm halfway there. I'm, I have one more to go as opposed to quitting. Cause again, bored. Yeah, that's really, yeah. That's a really important point is to have structure. It is really demotivating to like get down in your gym and be ready to work out. Especially if you're feeling not really feeling it that day, if you're tired or whatever, you don't even really love it and to just kind of make it up as you go. So yeah, I'm glad you have some structure. And that is definitely something I would recommend to you and to everybody listening, have a plan that you are following and work that plan. And your plan should, as you said, um, that you were doing it every, uh, for the month, like, and I wouldn't have you do the same workout every day of that month. But like I said, a lower body day, an upper body day, a full body day, every lower body day for four to six weeks, have it be the same. And you work to get stronger every single time. You nail your form and you work to get stronger. Okay. Same thing with your upper body day. Do that same workout four to six weeks in a row on upper body day, work to get stronger. And then again, the same for your full body day. Um, it keeps it really interesting because you can really have the sense of competition with yourself and I'm getting better. And here's the most interesting thing. Results. Results are friggin' interesting. <laughs> like when you, when you start seeing like, oh my gosh, look at the backs of my legs. Like, look at the front of my legs. Look, I, I see a bicep. Like that is motivating and interesting. And you will see that if you train in this way. Well, and, and kind of the stretch goal I have for myself, and it, it's, it, you can tell by, if you, if you see my face scrunching. <laughs> where it's like, okay. yeah, I see it. The idea of like, it would be almost like wizardry if I could ever do a pull-up. And since oh. we have the cable machine that would, and now the cable machine is done in such a way that the grip that goes like this is super far out. So I'm like, uh, I don't think, but it has a neutral grip like this. Okay. Which is actually, I think, what had very first prompted me to send you a message because I can barely dead hang for more than 20 seconds before it hurts my hands enough that I have to let um, go. Okay, 20 seconds for a dead hang is great. That's fantastic. Okay. That's a good start. All right, so this is exciting. And I love that you have this kind of goal because a performance goal can also be really motivating, right? Because you want to get down there and be like, oh my gosh, this is what I did last week. Can I do that? So we can absolutely talk about how to get you a pull-up or Sure. I have a whole YouTube video on this. I'll make sure I send you. So you have this um, permanently. So what you just said, dead hangs, that's a really good place to start. Um, Another good place to start outside of actually training for pull-ups is to just work on general strength of your back. So doing all kinds of variations of rows is going to help you strengthen your back. So we'll do those things along with dedicated pull-up training. So the way I start people with pull-up training, dead hangs is a good one. Another really good thing is to buy, and these are available right now, is chin-up assistance bands. Mm. They're long. They're not like the little glute brand ones you put over your knees. They're very long. And, and I, think I, I think I saw when you did your home gym tour. Yes, I think they're, I in saw, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're in there. And so they come very thick and then they go down. 
and you will likely find that the first out of the gate, you will need the really thick one, right? You'll tie it up and over, over the handle. It will dangle down into a loop. You'll put your feet into it and it is lifting your body. It's like lifting, that means you're not lifting as much weight. Just like if you picked up a two pound dumbbell versus a 10 pound dumbbell, you're lifting less. When this band is on your body, you're lifting less of your body weight up, right? And so what we would have you do is practice doing five to eight reps with the, the, the thickest band, which is a green one, right? In the company I use, it's a big thick band. We'll have you practice five to eight reps, take a two minute rest, do that three times, okay? Do that a couple of times a week, I'd say twice a week on your upper body day and your, and your full body day. First thing out of the gate. So if, this is a, if somebody has a performance goal like that in mind, I put it first in their workout when you're really fresh. Mm, okay? mm-hmm. So put that first, do that, and then we'll move, you move on with the rest of your workout. Work on that. After you know, a month with doing that, we can have you add some other things in. Another good one to add in is what's called a slow eccentric. So what it would be is you'd get a stool, something that you could climb on to get up into the top position of the pull-up, and then you would just lower your body down as slowly as possible under control, okay? And so that's the whole move. You don't pull yourself up. You just lower down. And that's and what it- I've been trying to do to also work on a push-up because I, I can't do a proper push-up either. Perfect. And so you can I've do been the doing- lowering part. Yes. And even now when I'm doing it on my bench, okay, so I'm good. doing it in an incline because again, weak. <laughs> Um, but okay. I can do, We're I can do all that right here. You stop calling yourself weak right now. That's like the fourth time you did it. And I'm not going to let it slide anymore. Here's I have room. Thing. I have room for gains. You have room for gains. And here's the thing. You're not weak. You just, you have some strength in you now and you're going to get stronger, right? You're lifting 12 pound dumbbells. And so you're 12 pounds strong in a few weeks. You're going to be 15 pounds strong, 20 pounds strong right now. You're dead hang 20 seconds strong. You know, a few months down the road, you're going to be, I got my first pull up kind of strong. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. My brother, um, so he's, he's about nine years younger than I am. And he's about twice as big as I am. He's like six feet tall. You know, he's probably usually around 190 pounds and he like weightlifts and stuff. And so he, he, he almost can't wrap his brain around what it's like to be me. Cause he's like, but there's nothing to lift. You can just do it. Right. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't work. But I will tell you, can you tell me how much you weigh? About a hundred. Okay. Yeah. So you're a hundred pounds. You said five, two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will tell you, he's not right as in like, Hey, why can't you do it? But he is right in that if there's, if you're lighter, it is easier. I work with people. And when they first start with me, if their goal is weight loss, they're struggling to do pull-ups, even as they're being practiced as they get stronger, it helps. But you know, what also helps is losing weight. There's less of them to lift, right? Right. So you're fairly light. So that is going to work in your favor. Um, that is fantastic that you're late. The other thing is we just have to train those muscles. As you train, you will, without a doubt, you will, without a doubt, be able to do this. So that's what we're going to have you do. We'll have you do those assisted pull-ups. After like a month with that, we'll have you add in the slow eccentric push-ups. So do those coming down. And I would do, I would do about five of those. So slow down as slow as you can go for the first rep, come back up, do it again. Do that like five times, take a two minute break, do it again, do that three total times. Okay. So three sets of five of those. Another really good thing that we could add in, then you know, do that for like a month. And then another thing we can add in is what's called cluster sets. Mm. So you do, and you'll use your assist and you'll see over time, your assist is going to get less and less. At first, you might need the big thick band and another band. Eventually, mm. you'll be able to start taking bands off and then you won't need the thick one anymore and you'll use the medium one. And you'll notice that happening. And then what we're going to have you do is do cluster sets. So maybe the first time we would have you do two, two, two. And here's what that would look like. You'll do two reps with your band on. You'll wait 10 seconds. 
So literally you'll time it or count it out. 10 seconds, you'll do another two reps. You wait 10 seconds, you'll do another 10 reps, uh, 10, two reps. So what you'll find is in a very short period of time, you just did six where you couldn't do six before. Does that make yeah, sense? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So, so you end up, you, you do your clusters so if that they're, they end up being more volume than what you could usually get with the same assistance. And so those are really fantastic. Um, those are my really go-to pull-up, how to get your first pull-up. And I have this whole program on my YouTube video about how to get your first pull-up. I want you to watch that. Um, the idea is that we're going to do this systematically. We're going to prioritize it in your program and you're going to keep at it and you're going to see progress and that's going to be motivating and it's going to be friggin' exciting when you get your first. <laughs> now, do you find, I mean, like I said, for me, it's like right there on my hands where it would go white, you know, so quickly, yeah. even with, I, I have weightlifting gloves that I use. Does that just get better with time? Does that, you know, it, it felt like that, that discomfort gave way before my forearms did or anything like that. Yeah. And your grip will get stronger. And we can talk in a second about some exercises to help your grip. I will tell you, you will likely have better luck without the gloves. The gloves tend to bunch up mm. in there and it actually is harder to hold on. Oh, okay. Uh, so unless, if you're super concerned about never having any calluses on your hand, then yeah, wear the gloves. If it doesn't bother you to get some calluses on your hands, don't wear them because you'll likely find that you're better able to grip without them. Um, that's what I would say about that. And then for grip strength, it's, an, it's a big part of pull-ups. Um, working on deadlifts as part of your training program is going to help with that because you'll be holding heavy weight and just letting it hang from your hand. Pretty much any exercise where you're holding a heavier weight and let it hang, that's going to help you with your grip. Um, farmer carries, which is literally picking up a heavy dumbbell and walking around. I'm going to, nobody else is going to be able to see this, but you can see me. Look up farmer carries, those of you not on So walking like this, just holding on to like one like this and walking for 30 to 60 seconds, holding on to that actually works your core because you have to oh. do this. Instead of letting it go like this, you have to work to do this, okay? At the same time, you're working your grip. So I really like those for grip strength as well. You will train your grip. So I know it feels really hard right now. Everything about pull-ups feels hard. You'll get better at you'll And pull-ups is going to, pull-ups will help your grip. Like practicing those assisted ones. So a question that I have for you, and uh, so I was talking a little bit earlier about my mom and she, how she has issues with arthritis. And so particularly in her hands and her feet. And so that's always kind of niggles in the back of my head when I want to start doing strength things or, you know, lunges or that is, it's like, well, you better not wear those joints out because, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to tell you, I have not read anything and I could be totally wrong and I will look into this. I'm going to tell you to start off with, I'm, I, I have never researched a connection between arthritis and strength training. I have not. Um, I will tell you, our joints get stronger as we put heavier loads on them. So I would assume that it would actually have a positive benefit, not a negative one, right? Awesome. So we're not, awesome. when we're strength training, we're not just strength training our muscles, like we're training our bones and our ligaments and our tendons and our joints. Like they all get stronger over time. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. Cause that's kind of my big thing is too, is since without always knowing what I'm doing, I don't want to give myself an injury, you know, cause I'm like, yes. my husband tries really hard to um, exercise as well but he has a tendency to hurt himself. You know, he was getting ready a couple years ago. He was getting ready for a, a hiking trip he was going to go on. And so he was, and he has a little bit of a low bone density himself. And so he'd been doing some, he'd been doing jumping and he'd been doing lunges. Well, he gave himself a good case of jumper's knee. And he's been dealing with that tendon pain now for like two years. So now he feels oh, yeah. like he can't do the elliptical and he can't do incline and he can't do squats. And I mean, he feels like he's just blocked off a whole bunch of self that's yeah, a lot yeah. of things that now he feels he can't do for, to be strong or healthy. 
Yeah. It's so it's that perfection. It is super frustrating to get injured. I've been there. Lots of people have been there. Um, when I have gotten injured, I will tell you my main rule is I don't stop. I work around it. I don't ever work through pain. I don't, I do not have my clients work through pain, but I have every single one of them work around pain. Um, and the main goal is we try not to get them injured, right? You know, we right. try not to get them injured. I will tell you more people that I know than not usually injure themselves, not lifting. Like I don't know. I personally have not injured myself a whole ton lifting. I have injured myself trying to shove a heavy bench. Like <laughs> in my gym, I uh, herniated a disc many years ago because I thought it was seemed like it just didn't even think. I just out of just shoved it in a very awkward way and it was way too heavy to be shoved. And so I hurt myself doing that. You know, I've, I've hurt myself doing all kinds of things, but strength training will help you in the long run to not be injured way more than it's going to endanger you to get injured. Awesome. Yeah. Cause like you, you said, that's, that's you kind of my intelligently. Okay. Wonderful. And, what that, and what that means is, you know, we have rest days. We don't train every day. <laughs> um, we have you master form first. Right. And so it's, and I will show you, I'll send you some links. Like I have full training videos for a full six week body uh, workout. So you can like follow that. It has videos. It says, here's how your form should look. So you nail your form and then you work the weight up as soon as you know your form is good. But we always prioritize form first. We get our rest days in, you know, and those things really help to, to make you not get injured. Fantastic. Not that I'm promising you an injury-free life because look, Steph sure, Steph sure. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I've, uh, I just can't say enough what a resource like your Instagram and everything has been. Just all the bite-sized tidbits that then I've been able to incorporate, incorporate, incorporate. I mean, things like what you just said, work around injury, not through an injury. And it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, but I'd never thought of it that way before. And so it's just, it's such, such a great resource. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. So look, this is what we're going to do to make sure that you are set up. So I think you, you're getting a really good grasp on what makes a good training program from our conversation here today, right? So we know we're going to train multiple times a week. We're going to train the same muscle groups over those, those weeks. We're going to work on getting stronger at basic moves over time. Really progressing is important. That's kind of the, the basics of what you need to know to start working out. So what we're going to do is I'm going to make sure I send you the links to my pull-up video. Um, on YouTube so that you know for sure how to do that. And I'm going to send you the link to um, the training program that I have on there. It shows you the exercises. And at the end, there's a place you can screenshot the workout. So you can, you know, have the workout itself in hand. So you know exactly what to do and you do it for six weeks, just like we just described. Perfect. Anything else we can chat about before we go? Gosh, I mean, you know, the other thing that I would say, I definitely have benefited from the different like nutrition videos that you've done. I had never, I, I had never tried canned chicken oh, really? before like your what I eat in a day. I've like, I've eaten canned tuna forever, but I like, this is quite reasonable, you know? And so know, just some of those ways to get that, that pro, cause that, that's what I, I've been tracking calories and I've been tracking protein, which again, I think was one of your videos had recommended, you know, not necessarily getting too, too bogged down with some of the other things. Absolutely. And tracking carbs and fats is just extra math. If you keep your calories in line and you keep your protein in line, they can be wherever. And so why track them? I would say probably the, the naughtiest I'm, I'm still probably not super good at the 80, 20 split. I, Naughty. even if I'm staying within my calories, I'm still probably spending a little too much of it on the sweeties. Got it. Well, so I like them. I like them ever so. And like I said, you know, I've been able to spend most of my life 
life, just being able to eat. But my mom said the same thing. She's like, I could eat. She said, I could eat an entire cake at once if I wanted, and it did not matter. And she said, and then later it mattered. <laughs> and then eventually it mattered. It did. And we always know in the back of our mind, it's probably not super healthy to have more of our calories be from cake than vegetables, right? Right. <laughs> we know that intuitively, but when we can get away with it, it doesn't affect how we look. Sometimes we let that stuff slide. So it's good, right? That's definitely going to help your health that you work on that. And here's the thing. If you're not at 80-20 right now, that's okay. Let's say you're at 60-40. Start trying to edge that dial, you know? And so you're at, you know, I'm not going to be able to do math here. Whatever would come <laughs> up after 60-40, you know? So then you're at like 65-35, right? And you just keep working it until you work your way up to comfortably being at 80-20, right? right. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to happen today. It doesn't have to happen this month. It can happen over the next year or so that you just really make a dedicated effort to more fruits, more vegetables, you know, more lean protein, still having cake, but less incidences of cake, you know, like it just, it, you can edge. And I have to tell you, you're talking to a person who I didn't eat vegetables till I was 43. Like, <laughs> it can happen. You can do this. Like I out of like, not even out of like a sense of, I need to eat vegetables. Like I had Belgian endive as part of my breakfast this morning. Cause now I love it. Like I ate Belgian endive with my cottage cheese. Cause it's delicious. And that took me till I was like 48 to do. <laughs> well, and I would say that's probably one of the bigger mindset shifts I've had since, again, I've been tracking calories since mid-January. And I think back then I was just like, my pants are kind of tight. I'm probably drinking wine more often than I should. I just need to like go crazy for like a month and get back to normal. And then I can do whatever I want again. And it's a little more of the, no, this just kind of needs to be a new, you know, uh, de deciding when I'm at maintenance. Mm -hmm. And then what maintenance looks like for life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Absolutely. It makes sense. And building the habits to make maintenance be maintainable. Right. And that means sure have wine, but have wine in moderate, in, a, in an amount that allows for maintenance and not weight gain. Right. And so right. That's, that's a habit change. Like, all right, what am I going to do if I want wine, if I'm bored, if like whatever you're using the wine for, some people use it because they want to unwind and some people use it because it's a fun thing to do. So looking for other strategies. Okay. Like if I want to unwind, what am I going to do instead of wine? If I want to, if I'm feeling like I'm bored and like, Oh, I'm just going to sit and enjoy my bottle of wine. What could I do that doesn't involve wine? So looking for those kinds of strategies to make maintenance maintainable. Well, and I would say, again, that's what I've been so appreciative of the resources you've offered, because I feel like you hit the, there's the fitness part of it, there's the nutrition part of it, and then there's the lifestyle part of it. Because um, it is true. I mean, I think I was just listening to one of your podcasts where somebody was just like eating out of boredom. And it's like, yeah, because sometimes you just want to feel different. I'm cold. I'm tired. I'm, I'm irritated. This feels different. Yeah. You're totally spot on there, right? We want to make ourselves feel different, feel better. And the easiest, like lowest hanging fruit is usually what can I eat, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. it's harder to be like, oh, why do I feel so blah today? Like, what can I do to not feel so blah today or whatever the things are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're spot on. And doing that emotional work is way harder than being like, hmm, cupcake. And, and I'm very, and I'm very fortunate. You know, I have an amazing husband. My kids are awesome. You know, my folks actually just live next door. They're a great resource for us, but still life just throws its stresses at you. Absolutely. And so you can um, have the most perfect life ever, but you know what? Kids are still kids. I love my kids. I think they're great kids. They friggin' annoy me sometimes. <laughs> you know, jobs are like, I love my job. This is like the ideal job for me. It is my dream job. It friggin' stresses me out sometimes, right? It's just, that's how life is. Even if it, everything is great, it's still life. 
Right, right. And and the, that's the other thing, too, is I feel like, again, my goal at the beginning was just, eh, I, I want the number on the scale to be smaller. But while that's still a goal, I, I'm trying to kind of come up with some of those other gains as well. Like, is it a pull-up thing? Um, I'm trying to think. I know I have some other ones. <laughs> but I just, you know, sleeping better. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like not necessarily, you know, again, you could eat a bunch of cookies at eight and then go to bed at 1030 and you're still, you're hungry again. And then that yeah, wasn't that yeah. satisfying. And um, so just, I don't know. Oh, oh, things like cardiovascular, that kind of thing. Just that, that knowing that, you know, again, when I'm 60, when I'm 70, I want to be around for my adult kids. I want to be around for their kids. And so what are the things I can do? Uh, uh, you know, I think one of the, the videos I just saw posted was about being skinny fat. Yeah. And it's like, and I've, I've, yes, yes. And so I, and I think I've probably been pretty guilty of that over the years. Um, Yeah. A lot of people are. And so mm -hmm. working on your strength training is going to help you to not be skinny fat. It's going to change your body composition. You will have more muscle, less fat, and it will be very, not only appealing visually, but it will be healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to follow up on, did I hear you say, so tell me, did you say you weigh around a hundred? Right. So how do you feel about, because one of the things you said, you still would kind of like to see that number go down in your mind. What would be the number you'd want to see? Well, and, and that's, uh, it's one of those things I want to be realistic and healthy and not kind of get too, too stuck in my head. Um, again, I think the, mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I think I probably spent high school and college being, you know, 97, 98 pounds. And again, that's that kind of who I identify as. Yeah. Um, and so, and some things change and they're never going back. I had big babies. My smallest baby was 811. My biggest baby was 97. Oh, that's a big baby. So, I mean, there ain't, I'm, I could wear a bikini. I would have a bikini body if I chose to wear a bikini, but yes, uh, my stomach looks like I fell asleep on an Afghan. <laughs> it looks like oh a shadow windshield. That's a uh, funny way to put it. So it's like, but it's like, you know, it's like, eh, nothing I can do about that, you know, but I could look really cool in a tank top <laughs> to mm -hmm. me, to my eyeballs. And so yeah. it's that, it's that, you know, and I think also part of it is just wiggle room, you know, feeling yeah. like, okay, you know, if I got to a, whatever that magical number is, and I don't even exactly know what that magical number is, but then it's like, okay, well then if I had a week where it's like, I'm carrying around extra water weight or we went on vacation or something that then I don't come back and be like, well, I just ruined three months of everything. Mm -hmm. What if I told you that you could have those arms in that tank top that you really liked and you could be busting out pull-ups and you could be fitting in your clothes better than ever, still enjoying your wine and all that, but you would never go under a hundred pounds. I think I just knew that I wouldn't go down a slippery slope of, like I said, and, and again, I feel like I'm like vilifying my mom, which I'm not. My mother is amazing. I just feel <laughs> like she doesn't feel good. Uh -huh. And so I kind of have her a little bit as my cautionary tale, as yep. it were, um, because, you know, she, she is an incredibly hard worker. She, she takes care of her elderly father. She takes care of my three kids. She takes care of my new two nephews. She's a, she's a neat freak. So she can't stop cleaning house. Um, she mows all of our property. I mean, she, she goes, goes, goes. She says she has two speeds, go and stop. Yeah. So she goes all day till she's exhausted and then she's down. So she says at nighttime, she wants to have her beer and she's going to have her beer and she's going to have her beer every single night, you know, two. And she, uh -huh. but she has those two every night forever. Okay. And you're not going to talk her out of it. 
<laughs> and she has she bakes. She's an amazing baker. Um, and but she has never met buttercream or sugar. She did not like. Got it. Um, she's actually probably the worst sabotage that I have is because then I'll come home for work and then there's this huge thing of homemade brownies. Because she so I guess next maybe door. she does. So maybe that's part of it too, is feeling like I can get to a number where then I've come home and she's left out a whole bunch of brownies. And it's like, you know what? I can indulge. Today I can indulge. My mom made homemade brownies and, I, and that's going to be okay. And then tomorrow I can get back to normal again. If that Got makes it. sense. Yeah. So you're, it sounds to me like you're looking to get low enough so that you can eat what you want with, that, with having this buffer range so that you're not, you're not constantly ramping up how much you weigh, how much you weigh. Yes. And like I said, and not, and I, I don't intend to just be like, oh, cool. And then all I'm going to eat is potato chips and candy bars. Right. No, I, I, I think the last few months have taught me that, you know, having that basis of spinach and chicken and cottage cheese and Greek yogurt, that's a really good place to be and that that's sustainable. Um, but to still being able to have that fun zone. Got it. I will say this. I think you could still be in that place and never have that scale go under a hundred realistically speaking, as you start to strength train and build muscle and your body composition changes, you will likely find out, find that you like the way your body looks, even though it is not at 97 pounds. You sure. Absolutely. So you your body composition. Um, it would be something I want you to start like having this idea bounce around in your head that getting under a hundred pounds isn't necessarily the goal that's going to get you the outcome you want. Like if you want to have those toned arms in a tank top, get your pull up and be able to eat some brownies, you know, as they show up, even though most of your food is going to be those other things, you can get all of that and be 102, 103. Like you do not need to be at 97. And I'm going to venture to guess you won't be if you do the things I'm telling you. Um, and I want you to start having that bounce around in your head and saying like, how will I feel about that? Can I, can I get out of my head that I define myself as the 20 some year old who's 97 pounds? Well, and, and I kind of, I find that interesting because I wonder how many, particularly women, I don't know how guys think about things, but how many of us, it's like, I, I had a friend of mine once post on Facebook who she said, I wish I was as fat now as I thought I was in high school. Right. It's um, true. You know, or how many, it's like the, if, if I was only what I was, what I weighed in high school, or if I was only what I weighed the day I got married, or if I was only what I weighed before I had kids, you know, and it's just, it's an interesting artificial spot, but I wonder how many people are in a similar mindset and why. Loads, loads of people are there. I was there for a really long time. So we're so there because we're so used to defining success at weight loss by that one number on the scale. That's what is success for us. That number being smaller equals we're heading in the right direction. And it's true. Like when I was in high school, I was perpetually a person who was trying to lose weight as a teenager. I was 119 pounds. I didn't need to lose weight. What would have done me a world of good is building some muscle. I wish I could go back and like be like, here, lift this weight up, Kim. You will like what you look like better. And then in my 20s, I just wanted to be under 125. That was my goal. When, we, when I went to get married, my husband was very small. His goal was to reach 125 going up. And my goal was to reach 125 coming down, right? And so for my lifetime, like I can, and then I eventually struggled with obesity, but my goal was always to get back to in under 125, under 120. I will tell you now, I don't even know what I weigh. The last time I weighed myself, it was sometime during quarantine and I was 137. I look better now than I ever have. Like I've gotten to the point where I've put on enough, I've been doing this for years. And so like 
part of my weight is literally bone. Like I have more bone. Like I've been lifting hundreds of pounds as a power lifter for years now. You know, I look better now at the weight I am probably 137 ish than I ever looked at 125, like worlds better. Well, and there was a time I remember you did a post that was really cool. And it was like three pictures side to side. And it was kind of like, this is where I was at this age. And then here's where I was. And it was like, I don't remember. You were in a really cute shirt and you were like, I really liked how I looked. I hated how I felt. Yeah. You said like, I think, you know, like calories were really low. And so how you find yeah. that. Yeah. And so livable that, area. that was where I got to the leanest I'd ever been as an adult. And I was 119 as an adult, right? I got down to 117 once for a weigh-in for a powerlifting meet, but that was just for a day or two. But I was 119. I was miserable when it came to my lifestyle. Like I had to, I couldn't eat the things I enjoyed. When I did, it was very much a cheat day mentality and it would come and I would think about, I couldn't wait for it to come. I couldn't wait for that day. And I would eat all the things. I would usually still feel guilty, even though it was my plan. And then I'd have to get right back to eating extremely low calories. You know, we're talking zero calorie dressing, plain chicken, lettuce. Like, how appealing does that sound? That sounds terrible. That sounds terrible, you know? And like potatoes that were literally just made out of broccoli and avocado mash was literally just avocado. Like my, lim my food was so limited, you know, and going out to eat meant that I didn't eat those things. Like I couldn't eat anything my family. I literally in my mind couldn't do that. It was no way to live. It was no way to live. What got you, where, what, what was your... What were the circumstances at the time that led you down that path? Um, that, that led me to getting into that position. Mm -hmm. So I had been obese, right? Got fit um, through, through tracking my calories and lifting weights, fell in love with weightlifting. The way I entered um, the fitness industry was by following bodybuilders. Like mm. this, this is what I thought fit people were. In my mind, a fit person was a bodybuilder. Okay, a lot of bodybuilders are super unhealthy. A lot of bodybuilders have eating disorders. A lot of bodybuilders have a terrible relationship with food. What they can achieve physically is incredible. I thought I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I, my goal was at that time to enter a bodybuilding competition. Like I was going to do a bikini show. My very next step was going to be to hire a coach to help me get there. It's the kind of thing like I got lean enough on my own. I hire the coach. You know, we pick a show 12 weeks out and I get even leaner. Like the goal would have been to get even leaner. Um, and in that moment, I just had a moment of realizing I have worked so hard to get healthy. Like this was a lot of work. I was, you know, I was really overweight. I had revamped my entire life and it just occurred to me like what I'm, I'm going to start crying. What I'm about to do is going to take me the opposite direction. And this is not healthy. Like I'm going the opposite direction from health. What I've been looking for was to get healthy. And now I'm really like making a U-turn and heading back to unhealthy in a different way. And right around the same time is when I read an article about powerlifting and I had never heard of powerlifting. I'm like, what is powerlifting? Cause I really, I loved the gym, but I only knew bodybuilders. And so I started watching these women and I'm like, they're lifting heavy weight. I can lift. I want to lift heavy weight. I like that. And when I stopped focusing on getting smaller, getting smaller, getting smaller and started focusing on getting stronger, that's what caused me to come out of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and like I said, that's why, because having measurable goals, I mean, I think that's also probably why we get stuck on the scale. It's so easy to measure. Yes, absolutely. Right. And so here's the thing I would say, what I would want you to do if like, if you're going to really be looking for physique progress, what I would suggest you do, take measurements with a tape measure. Okay. Measure your chest, measure your waist at the smallest part, measure your waist at your belly button, measure your hips by going across your butt at the biggest part. 
measure one thigh. I just do the right side just because it's easy to remember at the widest part and measure your right bicep with your bicep loose, not flexed, okay? Do that once a month. Keep an eye on those measurements. Also, take progress pictures. Full body in like a bikini or bathing suit bottom and top, right? So a bikini or like underwear and a sports bra, okay? So you wanna see as much as possible. Same lighting every month, front, back, both sides, okay? Keep an eye on that. Put some clothes on, pick a pair of pants or something. Notice how it fits. Every month, put those back on. Using that conglomerate of information, and you can use the scale if you want with you. I don't see this, there's a lot of people that I expect the scale to move to. I don't expect the scale to move a lot with you. Use all of that data together to see how you're progressing. Sure, sure, absolutely. And that's going to give you a better picture of like, okay, what is that? That in conjunction with you specifically, like how is your strength improving? You're going to see really big gains in the gym. Um, and all of that together hopefully will be motivating enough for you to be like, I am making am amazing progress. Well, and that's why, like I said, as arbitrary as the pull-up thing is, it, again, it seems very nice because it's yes or no <laughs> I can I either did it or I did not do right. it right as opposed to again like I said I'm not I don't have a goal of being a runner that's not it doesn't sound very interesting to me it yeah uh, and so I'm not going to be somebody who it's like oh man now I got an eight minute mile now maybe next time I can get a 752 that's not going to be a you know <laughs> I, you know and I and I measure my calories on the treadmill but even that's just sort of a general idea of how how, how much was I able to stick to it today right. and I do find and it's interesting. It's like on a day that maybe it was a day the night before, it's like we did go out to a restaurant and I did. I was like, you know what? Special occasion. I'm going to track the calories, but they're big calories. I'm going to mark them down and I'm going to enjoy it. Man, that next day, I have a lot more oomph on the treadmill yeah. than I did the day before when it was, you know, egg whites and spinach. It's amazing so. what fueling our bodies can do <laughs> to make us perform better. Um, and for women who have lived kind of permanently on super low calories, once you get some calories in your body, like, it's just shocking. Like, wow, like I have energy in the gym. I'm not so lethargic in life generally. I sleep better um, because we're just so used to really restrictive calories. Well, and that's the other thing too that you've said recently that I'm, I'm really trying to take to heart is not how low do you need to go to lose any weight. It's what's the most you can eat yes. and still see that. And then, and then those charts with this, that's been very helpful yeah. too. Yeah. You know, that it's like, I mean, right now, if I'm shaving off maybe a, maybe a quarter of a pound a week, I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. You know, even if I steady out, you know, because I'm happy with, you know, because that's like the first month, five pounds went away because water weight and just random whatever. Um, and knowing that I am adding in strength things too, hopefully means that where, where I'm losing is fat and then where it's balancing out is muscle. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an exciting process to see, right? That, that's body recomposition as you lose fat and you build muscle. That's, that's what we're going to look for here for you. So I really want you, um, so let's kind of come up with the exactly next action steps for you. How do you feel about in the next couple of days doing pictures and measurements and trying on some clothing? I think that's very doable. Okay, mm -hmm. do that and set those somewhere so you can see it. Um, and then I'm going to send you the pull-up video, the push-up video, and the, the training plan video, all from YouTube. Um, guys listening, I will put those, um, oh, can I put those in the show notes? I think I can. I will at least show you how to find them. I don't, I don't know that they'll be clickable, <laughs> but you'll at least <laughs> see them and you can look at them. Um, and you can look there and we'll have you get going on that strength training plan. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again, not only for your time today, but just all the work that you do to put put all those materials out because those have just been, like I said, they've just been very absorbable and very practical and in a way that's not just drink a magic tea and three weeks yeah. later, you know. Yeah, again, that stuff is nonsense, right? So many right. people out there saying that stuff and we want to believe it. And I used to believe that stuff because first of all, wow, they can make the marketing sound so believable. Like, <laughs> I just like, certainly these people aren't all making this up. Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> so, all right. And then the last thing is um, send me a video of your, your equipment at home. Like either take some, oh, yeah. from all different angles or just like literally walk around and take a video and send it to me uh, via email. So um, I can see what you've got there. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the, like I said, I was kind of fangirling. <laughs> so like, ah, this is like, it's like a celebrity. It's like crazy. <laughs> that whenever people say that, I'm just like, really? <laughs> but, but I get it because I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way with people who I've gotten to be friendly with on Instagram or people who I look up to in the, in the fitness industry. And then eventually I get them on here for a conversation. I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to you. And they're like, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> like I'm literally a trainer. So I don't know. Like it was just, so, it was just so cool. Cause it's like, I was working on the cable. Like I was trying to mess with some settings on the cable machine the other day. And while I was working on it, I was like, I need something to entertain me. Oh, she has a new video. So I was listening to oh. your meal prep video while I'm like trying to get the settings right. And oh, good. I'm glad. Because like I said, I need to be entertained when I'm in the weight room. So I have a new one. I just filmed one this morning. My next YouTube video is going to be all about how to squat literally from, I have no idea what I'm doing all the way through lots of variations, all the way to a barbell. And there's going to be a squat in there for everybody. And tell oh, you perfect. So hopefully that'll come out next week. Awesome. Well, just thank you for all you do. It's just really, really appreciated. And it makes a difference. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.